What's going on, Mark? Wow, that was weird. That's all right. I like the musical entrance. <laughs> I I think uh, that was a rather resplendent entrance. Um, a very resplendent. <laughs> I don't. I'm I'm missing my little <laughs> finger symbols here. Um, yeah, it's you know I, I try I try. So, Mark, when was the last time you went to the video store? What kind of question is that? It's fucking, this is 2022. Video stores have been closed since 2019. Or like, fucking COVID killed the last ones. There's there's Netflix documentaries <laughs> about the last blockbuster. I bought a bunch of DVDs from our video shack when it closed in 2014. Like, uh, so you what, what are video stores? A That's a retro reference rage. What are you talking about video store? I, I stream everything now on my... Disney Hulu Plus Pass Flicks. Come on now. What are you talking about? Well, uh, I was just going to tell you about the, uh, the the time before before I moved. There's a video store that's still very much alive, amazingly, in uh, Montrose. Well, and, you are uh, a lucky boy, and I'm very jealous of you because I miss video stores. Oh, they have a terrible selection, and I think you, you, you're lucky to get like three or four like new releases a month or something like that. It's, it's pretty awful, but I don't know. It was worth checking out. There's some older stuff there, but they always had this really, really creepy guy, like okay. giving you major incel vibes. He, he, okay. You know, you know who I'm talking about? Like dude looks straight up like Dr. Venture in college. He's, he's got the like big bug eyes and sallow skin. And so oh, they all have like straight greasy ponytails for some reason. Like, yeah, I hate but to there's... be the stereotype guy, but no, but I know exactly what you're talking about. And there's like perma Cheeto stains on their fingers, and yeah, they're just yeah. generally unpleasant. So I... Yeah, yeah. And so I went to the video store, and this guy, he's just like, he's he's judging everything I'm grabbing, and like, oh, you like that? Okay, that's that's super cool, and all this stuff. It, I, I just I didn't understand it because. I think I like to think that I've got pretty good taste in movies. I think uh, I, in particular, I was grabbing like John Carpenter's The Thing, because um, I I only have like a DVD copy and I wanted to watch it on right. Blu-ray, and you know shit like that. And like, did you grab the Great Santini? I didn't grab the Great Santini. Um, mm. I, I eyeballed a, a hard a copy of Cups and Collars though, like I really Ooh. considered Cups and Collars for a minute. Um, yeah, it's a good one. Yeah, I think I, I rented uh, the Flowers of Time because my wife wanted to watch it, but this that's guy a just lady like, picture. It is a late. Well, I told you my wife wanted to watch it. That's fair. Um, that's but fair, like that's this fair. guy just kept eyeballing me and and like started muttering under his breath and just like started wiggling his fingers at me and finally I was just like, dude, what what is wrong with you? Like, act your age. And he's like, if I acted my age, you would be unable to comprehend it. Like, he did this just ridiculous thing. And I was just like, oh, yeah, why? Because you're like 30 or something? He's like, no, I'm 5,000. Ugh. Yeah. So. Did you you kick his ass? I don't miss. I I, no. I, I got his manager to, like, basically make him work overtime for being a piece of shit. But Good. I don't know. I, I watched my movies and then uh, then I returned them and I never went back because, okay. like you said, we have we have much better things to do now. We, we can stream uh, stream really cool shows like King of the Hill. Yeah. And then we can stream those shows like King of the Hill and then watch them and make a podcast called the Dangle Podcast, a weekly King of the Hill podcast where I mark and my good buddy. 
Johnny. We take two episodes of that beloved streamable adult animation classic, King of the Hill, and we talk about the goods and the bads, and we talk about the left-hand path of it and the right-hand path and the white and the black of it, and we ingest the Caninus Spiritus now at the sigil of the new moon as it passes through the house of Azathoth, and, uh... Yeah, then we slap with our patented rating system, and Johnny, you want to get into it, buddy? I ran out of oogie uh, spooky dumb magic shit, I'm sorry. Uh, it's it's all good, man. I'm just going to need you to go sit at shortstop so we can have a good pentagram. Uh, guys, today we're talking about episode 149, The Witches of East Arlen. This is our season seven finale. Uh, original air date, May 18th, 2003. This is written by Cybert Glarum and Michael Jamin. Uh, I looked up Cybert Glarum and I, he's a big producer on King of the Hill. He hasn't written a lot of episodes, but he produced over 100 episodes of this series. We just saw him writing one right like last week or were you we did we did okay okay good yeah yeah so uh i just i thought it was interesting to see like he he's much more of a producer um than a writer but hey man if, if you produced over 100 episodes of a show that i've watched about 100 times then good for you our cast of characters this week uh i didn't get them all because the wiki did not have their their cast uh were hank peggy bobby bill dale Boomhoward, nancy uh, Ward Rackley, Ward's boss, John Redcorn, Dooley, Ken Hayashi, uh, Grandy, the vocal teacher, and then uh, part of the the coven here, Nora, Mitchell, and Vaughn. We also have yes. Principal Moss. Yes. Uh, our guest yeah. star this week is Ward Rackley, Mark. Do you know who voices Ward? Who voices Ward? Uh, he's everybody's favorite comic um, from Mr. Show. And no, I'm I'm not talking about Bob Odenkirk. It's David Cross. Oh, shit. It is David Cross. Oh, look at that. Oh, right on. Yes. Right. Guys, yeah. Mr. Show brought us Tenacious D and Tenacious D is the greatest thing in the world. So uh, Johnny and I are going to see him in what? Bob at this point, this is February. This releases in February. You and I are going to see Tenacious D in three months. Yes. Oh. It's going to happen, guys. Oh, Johnny's the best co-host in the world and bought us tickets to Tenacious D. Oh, my God. Anyway, <clears throat> sorry. I had to suck your dick a little bit there, buddy. I'm still I'm It's okay. Still hyped. It's okay. Uh, hey, if any of you guys are going to see Tenacious D, we will be happy to meet up with you in uh, uh, Kansas City. You just got to let us know. Uh, but, Mark, let's get to a synopsis of this episode. Bobby finds a cool set of cards at the flea market and makes a new mystical friend. Oh, man. That was a resplendent synopsis. Resplendent. uh, A-story characters, Bobby, Hank, and Ward. I don't really see a B-story in this. Did you see a B-story in A-sub-1, anything like that? No, I don't think so. Okay. Uh, We get a weird weird, um, planting of an A-story, but we'll talk about that later. But yeah. 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 Uh, give us a uh, give us some notes, man. Some notes. Number one, we have the triangle sting at the start to denote a season finale. Yes. It was just I I don't know I we started calling that out and I thought no, it was I, funny and yeah this is our season seven ender. Yeah. They uh, they definitely um, called it out because there's I think it was season four that where they did not do that where they did it like intermittently in the middle of a season. I want to say it was uh, Hank in the Great Glass Elevator. It may have been that one, yeah. Good memory, if buddy. If I memory. recall correctly, I don't. I could also be super wrong. Listeners, you go back and tell me. Um, 
go comb through every single episode until I get mad about it somewhere in season four. <laughs> um, colorblind casting in Oklahoma with Ken Hayashi as Curly. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> That is uh, that is something our our uh, college theater professor would do and be very proud of. So, way to be uh, uh, multicultural, Texas. But but see here, man, I'm just like, no, 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 you can't have Ken Hayashi because you can't have Toby Huss as Khan. You can't have it both ways. Nope. <laughs> you, hey, you want your cake? Or are you gonna fucking eat your cake? Because you can't have it and eat it, buddy. Sorry. Um, Dale taught Bobby how to fake cry, not to stupid scream cry. I am very disappointed in Bobby. We saw in Mice and Little Green Men that Bobby can now cry on cue when he says, Mr. Gribble taught me that I sure to learn it from you. And he cries and he looks at Hank and starts crying because he's stage crying. He learned it then, not the whole, like, ah, I, I got very disappointed in Bobby for that one. Um, hey, what's your gambler slash gunfighter name? My gambler slash gunfighter name. Yeah, you don't have to answer me right um, now. Put that on your back burner. Okay. We'll we'll name them at the end of the episode. But okay. I I spent a lot of time trying to peg down our uh, gambler slash gunfighter names. Um, red carpet video. I don't think we've seen them, have we? Because it's different in Hank's Dirty Laundry. I think it's just yeah, Arlen video in Hank's. Di- yeah. yeah. So that's a new, we got a new video store. I'm glad to see in 2004 that video and DVD is exploding, but I'm sad to see that red carpet video probably closes in three years. Um, I'm glad that we get a mildly witchy Bobby. Like, okay, how do you do this? Um, I'm glad that you get Bobby very lightly getting into like, you know, witchcraft and wicked, whatever you want to call it into magic. Rather than like Bobby getting into something like Yu-Gi-Oh, and then having the beat, and then having the plot center around the idea that Luann sees it, because Luann is now super Christian. Luann sees it and okay. decries whatever card game this is as like an adjunct of Satanism. Do you know what I mean? It almost seems like low-hanging fruit, so I'm glad they didn't take that route. And that's where I'm at because I remember this period in time, like for whatever reason, like card game christians got mad at card games we were in that weird church so like i heard it a lot like how pokemon was like the devil and Yu-Gi-Oh was the devil and i was like 14 i'm like god we gotta shut the fuck up everything can't be the devil but my point with this is i like how this episode was written and shook out because it could have been bobby gets into magic and then like magic the gathering and luann panics about it because bobby's gonna go to hell oh yeah it could have been a lot worse than it was um you know who the whitest kids you know are johnny you know who trevor moore is i do yeah, I do know Trevor um, this, Moore. He, uh, he's the one that recently passed away, right? Yeah, uh, he died of a head in, he died of a fall in his house, resulting in a head injury last year. Um, right. I want to shout out rest in peace. I also want to shout out the Trevor Moore song "Bullies." Everybody needs to go listen to the Trevor Moore song "Bullies" right now. We all need to go listen to that song right now because we have this episode. And it really shows us how important it is to have bullies that tell us when we're acting too fucking weird for our own good. Go listen to bullies. Everybody go do it. This has been a PSA with Mark. <laughs> um, Johnny, let's talk really quick about spirit animals. I have a weird thought. I think that Bobby's spirit animal is a dog. Okay. Number one, Dog's Bobby Hill. Too, is it? Part of it. 
Um, <laughs> what manner of boy is he? So number one, Bobby is highly olfactory. Bobby is highly intuitive and inquisitive. He is good at reading a mood. He's generally up for anything, loves to eat. And, and we see him now being tested with drinking dog blood. Um, he yeah, will okay. manifest the avatar of Tartuffe, the spry wonder dog later on. Okay. Um, I need to say this first. This is a weird episode for me because I have read a lot of magical texts and shit. I am a big believer in uh, Crowley's Thelemic system and all that shit. So this was a really weird episode for me in that it hit... It was just super hand grenade-y at certain points where it gets really close to a thing. And I understand you can't, you got to boil this down to John Q. Consumer in 2004. I understand all of that. Right, right, But right. a lot of it gets super weird. But then at the same time, I have all these weird thoughts with like, um, I really think that Bobby's like spirit animal is a dog. He manifests the form of Tartuffe, um, dances with dogs, like all these little things. There we go. I'm done with that. Um, we got an introduction. We got a seed. We got the planting of a A sub one uh, plot line throughout all of the next couple seasons in what, Johnny? That's right. Our favorite dessert, least favorite shitty winger cover band <laughs> of Big Mountain Fudge Cake. <laughs> There's a hole in my pocket where my money should go, Mark. There's a hole. <sighs> Just, ugh. And then finally, speaking of music, let's talk about some musical cues here. Um, a story with a fringe on top from Oklahoma. <laughs> Fucking hate Oklahoma. <laughs> um, I have no clue what is playing in Ward's basement, but it sounds like something by Robert Fripp. Yes, it does. Uh, I, I was going to say, if you don't immediately point it out as a Zeppelin song, then I it's not Zeppelin. Um, I do not also, think it's Zeppelin. Me, it sounded me, a lot like King Crimson, but I couldn't tell. Well, it, to me, it gave me uh, some serious Rush vibes. Like, I mm. swear I could hear Getty Lee in the background, and I'm like, okay, maybe, possibly. Yeah, I, I have no clue on that one. And short of me, like, going on IMDb and looking at musical credits, I prefer to just, like, shout them out, because I feel like that's that's more fun than us just looking at a website and talking about what we read on a website. You know what I mean? Oh, Yeah. Yeah. Um, and finally, uh, Double Vision by Foreigner, once again solidifying that Mike Judge has firmly placed his hands upon the rod of Foreigner and cast a spell <laughs> of musical licensure. And yeah, that was you a dick joke. Rod. <laughs> God. So, any, um, according to the Book of Law by Crowley, the wizard is supposed to, um, during ritual, to banish the four uh, corners of the world, use or like to like... Cleanse the four corners of the, like, north, south, east, and west using their wand. Um, For Crowley, that was getting an erection and waving your erection at the four corners of the world. Okay. Just throwing it out there. We're getting magical tonight, guys. Uh, Give me your notes, buddy. Uh, first, first off here, um, you and I are, are in, we're simpatico today. God, I fucking hate Oklahoma. <laughs> so Where the much, wind comes like, sweeping down the plains and the wind guys, and the wheat. Oh, God. <laughs> I don't have a problem with musical theater. Not even a little bit. I do not like Oklahoma. It is awful. Rodgers and Hammerstein have a million other good plays. Just stop doing Oklahoma. It's the worst. Um, the, Our rating system is going to be musicals. 
backdoor oh, that right God. now. <laughs> Good. Well, then I'm going with musicals that are, are not typical musicals and it's going to be fantastic. Um, <laughs> this is it's so fun fact. This is the last episode that I have a memory of as a kid of seeing bumpers for on Fox. Really? This is my official. I stopped watching this week to week until I got it on a streaming service. And then I finished watching the series. I stopped watching this series halfway through because I very clearly remember seeing, Hey, it's the season finale. This is Bobby. He's got magic cards. And I remember thinking to myself, I'm really into Lord of the Rings at this point in my life. This is probably something I'm going to enjoy. And it was not what I was expecting. And I went, Oh, probably not going to watch that again if I don't have to. (laughs) <laughs> wow neat yeah so uh, i rediscovered king of the hill when i was in college because i could stream it all and i went cool maybe i'll just finish this maybe i will start at the beginning because i remember liking a lot of this growing up as a kid and i will finish it because i've got a nostalgia memory it reminds me of watching the simpsons and i can't stream the simpsons because nobody has the rights for it so this is the next best thing um huh. cool you, you already called out Big Mountain Fudge Cake. I've got that here in very large, bolded letters. And my last note here, it's it's like a more of a point of contention or a, a jump-off point, we'll say. If you were to put yourself in Hank's shoes in this situation, would would you actually intervene? Because at some point, Hank has to let him fail. Hank has to stop and step away as a, as a responsible adult and let Bobby have the failure of doing something stupid like this. Yeah, but this is the exact same episode as um, the Husky Born to Bobby? Rock Again or whatever. Well, that too. Um, Yeah, I think that this is a different episode because it's not something that like... Bobby's already a weird kid, so, like, with Husky Bobby, hmm, huh, that's a, hmm, now, that's I, a thinker. Now, the funny thing is, <laughs> I, I, I give you this question, and Hank is not the one in the end who who stops it. It's Bobby. Bobby does yeah, bo- make the decision for himself. Because you need to see. I'm sure, I think the takeaway here is that, like, what parents are going to tell their kids to not do, the kids are going to seek out as soon as they're, like, open and on their own. Mm-hmm. So, like, case in point, I wasn't allowed to play Magic or Yu-Gi-Oh! in high school and middle school, and so what was the first thing I did in college? Played a shitload of Magic and Yu-Gi-Oh! with you, Johnny. Like, Yeah. You know what I mean? Shit like that. So it's like, what you... Or, or you know, you can take the other side of it as, don't see that girl, so I'm going to run away to go be with that girl. Shit like that. But yeah, so, like, absolutely. at a certain point, Hank has to recognize, I've got to step back and do this. And I think we get a better explanation of this in the one with the Christianity. With Hank's, like, when Bobby's making fun of his jacket and Hank's like, I thought it'd never go out of style. I think that's a yeah. better version of this. But at the same time, we need Bobby to step back and go, oh, you guys are nerds. Like, you guys are the yes. problem. Yeah. Yes. But you need Bobby to do that because Hank telling him that isn't going to do it. No, we've seen that a million times. We've already seen it in Husky Bobby where he's just like, you're going to thank me later for this, but I have to intervene now. Yeah. But yeah, I, I realized that thematically this comes up a lot because Hank is, he, he just doesn't understand that boy. That boy ain't right. And Bobby is constantly doing things that he disagrees with. And he knows he, in his mind, he quote unquote knows better. He seems to rescue Bobby an awful lot. And it was, it was 
refreshing to me a little bit in this episode to see he didn't have to not in the end like yes he he had to be a dick to him throughout the episode and really just ingrain like you really don't want to be involved with this but bobby's ultimately the one that recognized um if i stick around with these people i have to drink dog blood and none of them are going anywhere they're all just like basically like wiggling their fingers at me and and saying weird incantations and it's not doing anything and i'm smart enough to realize that yeah yeah but uh yeah so i just it was it's not that we're at a turning point for hank but i feel like it was a big it's a big step in the dynamic between him and bobby that he doesn't have to be the one to rescue bobby all the time at this point yeah just now established that i I like it yeah um give me some pros man some pros um number one this is a spice called nutmeg do you know what it does johnny um, yeah. Gives things flavor. <laughs> yeah, it's a plus five modifier to tastiness. <laughs> it adds flavor. <laughs> uh, Ward is so perfectly drawn to summon up a demon of ass kicking. <laughs> I just want to beat Ward <laughs> up. You know me. I'm not a violent or an antagonistic person. I'm an angry person, but I'm not the type of dude to just beat somebody up for looking different. No, like, you, oh all my your anger God. is introspective. <laughs> introspective and towards cupcakes but like <laughs> man i just want to like i just want to bully ward i just want to like i want to pull his pants down i want to walk up like behind him when he's taking a pee at the urinal and shove him so he pees all over his pants i want to knock his shit up. all the shit that got done to me in middle school and high school i want to do to him and i feel like i'm not the bully i feel like i'm a good person for doing it um yeah <laughs> bobby's ritual wink wink in Moss's office. Jesus Christ. <laughs> I can't have him praying in here. Well, I was very clear on that. Um, you, re- you really just took this apart already, but I'm just going to point it out. Uh, Hank's taking down of Bobby. Like, just, dude, what are you doing? This is just, like... And Hank can't explain, because this is a thing that it's like, I can't tell you why these people aren't cool, because you think these people are cool, and nothing I say will make sense, so you just have to do it. But, like, the whole bit about, like, he's going to live in the house with his mom, and probably for a little while after she dies, and God, it's great. Mm-hmm. Um, and then finally, just an animation note. The background animation for The Ritual Night is a very pretty night, but this is also very clearly a fall episode. Uh, the moon is always, yeah. like, high and orange. Um, there's no leaves on the trees, but it's not quite Halloween time. So this is, like, a post. It's Honestly, this is, like, a week before Thanksgiving episode, as I think what this should be. Okay. Whatever. I can see that. Um, you got all the kids at the bonfire, so, like, it's a cooler night in Texas, necessitating a bonfire, all this shit, stuff like that. Um, yeah. How about you, buddy? Um, Bobby equating tarot to baseball cards for hobbits is just pure gold. Give yep. whoever wrote that line a gold star. Cause that's fucking hilarious to me. Uh, <laughs> uh, realistically in 2003 ward, like bragging that he is a virgin is, I think is very, very valid. Um, in 2003, if you're going to be this level of like Wiccan or witchcrafty and, and be, proud of it yeah you're going to be a virgin if you were to try and remake the character of ward now he would not be this this person he would just be an internet incel 
Now, it's a pro to me because I feel like a lot of people are going to be able to associate with this character if they don't understand, like, the Wiccan aspect, the spellcasting aspect, the magic aspect of it. Because it's it's almost lost in time. You don't see some of this shit anymore. And, you know, we all just do everything online. But if I say, oh, dude, oh no, yeah. he's a neckbeer but- incel... You and I follow very different groups of people on Twitter. We do, we do. I am, it's I am tangentially connected thing. to a, a a bulk of. I have blocked and muted so many fucking wards, quote unquote. The idea of like, oh no, I'm actually a five thousand year old wizard. No, you're fucking not. You live in Ohio. Shut the fuck up. Like, <laughs> okay. You know what I mean? Um, again, I. This is a hard episode for me. I totally cut you off. I apologize. But I do agree with no, you no, no, for no. the neckbeard thing. Sorry to get back on track. Sorry. I, I definitely agree with no, you with no. what you're saying with incel shit. No, you're good, though. Like, it just... In, in, in today's day and age, because of the instant accessibility we have of the internet, um, if he wasn't an incel, then he would he would have, like, the same little echo chamber group of about 20 different people, probably on Twitter, or some on some weird, bizarre-ass uh, subreddit, and... Like, they would just sit there and, and pump each other up and get weird and incestuous in their group and just, like, do all their shit there. I don't know. I, it, it's, it's a pro to me because this is a character archetype that shouldn't have withstood the test of time, but is now honestly more present than ever. That is why I say we all need to go listen to Trevor Moore, Trevor Moore's Bullies. Holy shit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, go listen to it. <laughs> go listen to it right the now. The last... The last pro that I have is it's not about magic or Wiccans or anything else. Um, I want to give whoever sound engineered slash design slash foleyed the grape squish noise that Dale gives when he has rehydrated his raisin. That is the most disgusting fucking thing I have ever heard. And I can taste it. Oh, yeah, that's. There's your B story. There's the B story that we were robbed of. Okay. Okay. So, um, I forget what one it was and we we're bitching about how like, oh, um, 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 fat and the furious, how like the whole Peggy and Bobby shit was dumb. Her keeping it from him, but then him catching the fish at the end was the perfect ending. Uh huh. Like that perfect snippet that we didn't need just him doing that. That's Dale with this. Like Dale's the perfect snippet of a B story that we don't need to see. And I'm so glad we didn't need to see like minutes of him like trying to like, don't you want some pineapple? Ha-? Like, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, I, the next logical step becomes him rehydrating jerky. And it's just like Bill eating like four day old meat that's drippy. Like, <laughs> I'm just imagining soggy meat now. No, yeah. thank you. Mark, let's Bill get to cons because that might actually meat. make me throw up. Oh, Good, you fucking got me last week. Now we're on the same page. <laughs> hey, I um, like my Italian purse, thank you. <laughs> hey, speaking of Leoma, Bill brings her up and he doesn't bring her up in this episode, but he does in Patch, right? I think no, I it's that in this note. one. Is it in this one? Okay, there you go. It's uh, Bobby is doing a tarot reading for him about that's his right, future That's right. That's right. That's right. Yes. Thank you. Um. Yeah. That's right. Sorry. Dumb notes here. Yeah. Um. Cons. Um. We have beat this one to death, but let's hit it one more time because you can't hit it hard enough. Oklahoma. 
Ugh. as a state and as a musical. Um, tube socks. Gross. I hate tube socks. They're the worst invention ever. <laughs> I have used the phrase magic with a CK often, and this episode made me want to kick my own ass. <laughs> oh, that, that, that line um, right there makes me so happy, Mark. Why? Because at my first line here, it says, this episode makes me want to make fun of people just like me. So I'm really glad that we're on the same fucking page here. I literally list on my Twitter bio as my first credit is a wizard. I have literally fessed on a fucking podcast to practicing chaos magic. Like, ugh. Ugh. I have fucking demonology books on my, like, and yeah, some of them are for the crack of it, but then others are like, okay, well, I bet if I could do this with this and I can get this, I don't. Also, just shout out, guys, there's no such thing as, like, fucking hidden or forbidden knowledge that you can buy on Amazon. Stop thinking that, like, any of this shit is real and not a better way to understand the universe at large anyway. Um, Hank talks about how the Bible doesn't cost 40 bucks and was written by Jesus. Con, Hank, the Bible was written 70 years after the fact by second and third hand accounts by dudes who said they thought they were there. And finally... Bobby calls down the spirit of Hecatus from the north. It should be Boreas being the north wind god. Hecate was the Greek goddess of all witches. And now she's super popular and a rebranded image of female trinity. All right, that's what I got. I, this episode bummed me out, man. I want to kick my own ass. It's okay, The more buddy. I talk about it, the more bummed out I get. The the only other con that I have here is that the the idea of drinking dog blood is disgusting and it makes me feel unclean watching this episode. So I, I don't think we need to address that anymore. Um, <clears throat> A couple weeks ago, Let's Josh to... and I did Ancient Food Network and we talked about the Spartan right. black broth. Okay. And the basically it's like pork it's like a it's a soup with chunks of pork and then just pig blood in it and oh, like man. that led to an odyssey of me looking where you can find because we were like oh we should try and make this it'd be fun right so it led to me finding like it's a thing called pig curd which is a delicacy in chinese cooking and it's literally just congealed pig blood but you can't get oh, it in america wow. because it's so damn like dicey it's I went down a gross journey. I know exactly what you mean by, like, feeling unclean about it. Also, side note, guys, don't drink blood. It'll fuck you up. I, I mean, I, I We shouldn't have like to say it, but just in case, like... Yes, I feel like it's worth noting here that I am rather experimentatious when it comes to eating food. Oh, like, yeah, totally. I will try just about anything once. Guys... Uh, for all of you King of the Hill fans that have been listening to us for a while, if you didn't, if you don't remember me specifically talking about our introduction to Reverend Stroop, I actually get to try fucking Ludafisk in about two weeks' time. Woo-woo. At least as of this recording, I am yeah. going to Sweden and will get to try it while I am there. And my mom, my stepdad, and my wife are all going to look at me like I'm a fucking moron, but I'm going to try it because I have to. And they're just yeah. No, this gives me the willies. That does not. <laughs> oh, good God. Favorite moments, buddy. Favorite moments. Um, Question mark, question mark, question mark. I don't really have one. I don't know. What about you? Okay. I have one, and it's a line. He is now okay. known as Robert the Dog Quaffer. <laughs> okay. Just because that's a fucked up nickname to give to somebody, it really 
I, I kind of want to give that to somebody. I want to call somebody a cupcake quaffer just to just to mess with them. <laughs> I'm down. <laughs> um, no, with that, I mean, I, we don't really have a retro rage. I mean, you kind of called the only one out. A video store isn't a thing anymore. I love how angry, by the way, and I'm gonna, just before we move into our rating system, I love how angry and fed up and done with it Ward's boss is with everything that he does. Yes. Like, I told you to get your shit done with this. Everybody is so hostile towards him, and they should be because he is an asshole that thinks he's above everybody else. It's not because he should be bullied, but it's like, "Mm, you know what? When you act like this, you deserve the fucking punishment. This episode really kind of goes back to what I've been saying, I think, is like my general thesis of this podcast. And, like, existence is a certain amount of suffering and, like, Bullying is necessary because when you don't bully people, then you get shit like Ward. Ward didn't get his ass kicked enough, so now he's in his 30s thinking he's a 5,000-year-old man. Like, his mom, he lives with his mom. Like, there's just so he's much of this shit. a 13-year-old. Yeah, we get to yes and ourselves in his stupidity, and it's why, like, bullies are a necessary part of the environment for, like, what it means to be a human. Because it teaches you what is and isn't acceptable in society. Like. Yeah. Yeah. Do what you're going to well, do, but sometimes, man, it's just got to be behind closed doors, you know, but. Oh, yeah. Uh, well, Mark, I do believe you You said you had a rating system for us. Yes. Um, all right. So musicals. Um, <laughs> we beat this one to death. So at the very, very bottom is Oklahoma. Ugh. God, it's a charcoal. It's the worst there is. It's a failure of a Failure of a musical. Don't tell me that there's, you know, the bits about Ado Annie, who's a girl who just can't say no because she's, you know, horny. And it's how we're looking at women at this time as women can vote again or some shit. It's a bad musical and Hugh Jackman had no place in it. Above that is a Megalo. Megalo is a bronze rating. I don't really know musicals that well, but I'm going to say Lion King. It's an all right movie. It's got some all right songs. And, uh, you know, we just can't wait to be king, but I'm not going to put it on and watch it. Above that is Butane. Butane is a bastard gas. This is a bastard episode, and this is a bastard musical that you love to hate and you hate to love. For me personally, it's going to be the Phantom of the Opera. Okay. Once again, let's talk about being bullied. In high school, I was the kid who was way too into fucking Phantom of the Opera. I thought I was the fucking Phantom of the Opera. And then I got bullied a little bit about it, and guess what I quit doing? Pretending to be the fucking Phantom of the Opera. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you know? <laughs> what about what about you? What's your butane of a musical? My my like middle of the road, hate to love it, love to hate it, My Fair Lady. Yeah. Ooh, it's a good one. It's My Fair Lady. Uh Pygmalion's a better fucking story and you don't need to add music to it. And um oh god, what's what's her her name that's in the, the movie version? Oh, uh, oh, um, yeah. I was gonna say Eliza Doolittle, but you mean hell- like the actual actress? Yeah, the Audrey Hepburn. Audrey Hepburn's Thank better you. in every other movie she's in. So, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. But why can't a man be more, or why can't a woman be more like a man? Um, above that is, oh, oh fuck. Um, above that is our Char King. Char King is a gold standard rating. This is an amazing episode of King of the Hill. Characters are used well. Plot points are well used and the story is driven and we don't feel like we're bored but it's just not that great maybe in a little context or it's still a musical so you're not really going to enjoy it i'm gonna say wicked i saw wicked live i hate musicals but i really liked wicked i thought it was really cool okay yeah like i, I was into it i like 
the story. I like the songs. I don't know. You got a you got a uh, Char King. Um, I I do have a Char King for that. Uh, my Char King is uh, Matt Stone and Trey Parker's not their Broadway and uh, Tony Award winning musical, The Book of Mormon, but in fact their highly superior movie musical, South Park: Bigger, Longer, and Uncut. Ooh, well done. Ooh, that's a good one. Hot that's takes, a really I good one. <laughs> <laughs> and yet, there's still one better than that, isn't there, Mark? There is. That's our Blue Flame of Valor. That's the perfect episode of King of the Hill, a perfect episode of television. In this case, a perfect musical. There's nothing wrong with it. There's nothing bad with it. There's perfect story arcs throughout. There's wonderful, elaborate musical numbers. There's fun characters and exciting callbacks and references, and you can show it to anybody at all with zero context at all, and they will love it. And I don't want to be presumptuous, but I'm pretty sure you and I have the exact same favorite musical, John. I really hope so. Is yours Tenacious D in the Pick of Destiny? It's about a small boy who comes from comes from Kickapoo, man. <laughs> ah, fucking a! <laughs> Tenacious D and the Pick of Destiny, our Blue Flame of Valor Award, the greatest musical ever written by the greatest. I would say some of the greatest rock stars of our generation. Um, yes. So that being said, on a scale of Oklahoma to the uh, Pick of Destiny, what are you giving the Witches of East Arlen? Uh, I gave it a My Fair Lady. It's a, it's a butane for me, man. I remember this episode a lot more fondly than I, I enjoyed it on rewatching. Um, it is really hard to watch in an age of incels and internet fandom and just like not being able to enjoy any of this shit anymore. And knowing that anybody involved with this is just echo chambery. Mm-hmm. Like it, it's, it's just hard to watch. And I don't want to be the guy that's promoting people picking on other people, but like, you got to do something. You can't let somebody like Ward go in and exploit and just continue living their life without any sort of direction. You have to draw the line somewhere. I think Mm -hmm. that guy needs to come and get some therapy from me. That's really what needs to happen. (laughs) (laughs) How about you, man? Uh, We got a two tame buddy, man. This is weird. This is like you and I have really been like channeling each other's like thoughts lately. Um, yeah. Because literally, I just wrote two ta- or butane. I just don't remember this as fondly as I thought it di- as I thought I would. Yeah. You and um, I've been talking about a- this for a while, and I got excited about it when it was coming up, and then it just very sad. Yeah, we've referenced this a lot. You've talked about how excited you were. There was one day that I had the breakdown about me being Ward, and I forget what I was doing, but yeah. <laughs> Because I was like, I, I said something about you, like, yeah, I'm a fucking wizard and I work in produce. Oh, fuck me, I'm Ward. Oh, God. Like, um, no, yeah, I remember this one a lot more fondly than it is. Maybe I need to rewatch it. Maybe I was in a weird space when I saw it, but it's a butane. Um, before we move on. Um, yes. So this is our last episode of season seven. What are you rating season seven? Charcoal to blue flame. Yeah, that spreadsheet should be pretty. That spreadsheet should be on the drive, and it should be like ninety nine percent complete. Like you can extrapolate your. Holy moly! Is it Jesus Christ? Dangle podcast score sheet on the drive. It's an Excel. That's or, what uh, I'm, cells. Yeah, that's that's what I'm looking there's, at. What sheet is there's it on like five? six. There's six pages on there it though. Go. It's the most. It's the uh, last page on there is the season seven. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, it's a butane of a season, man. 
Butane. Yeah, it's oh Jesus Christ! I'm throwing my computer around here. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's it's a butane of a season here. I we had some decent ones. I, I, my, I, all of mine are butanes charkings. Um, mm-hmm. I don't have a, a single blue flame. I'm not honestly surprised about it. Um, I'm I'm not surprised that we haven't hit a charcoal yet because I I still think like the bar hasn't dipped so low. We're not watching yeah. stories about Lucky yet. Yeah. But I I don't it's a butane of a season. It's I'm not going to actively skip this season, but this is definitely where it's going to fall off and I think you and I called that. How about you, man? Yeah. What would you give season 7? Um same. I'm giving it a butane. Um I looking at the spreadsheet, I think I liked a couple of these a little bit better than you did, but we just also liked them differently than yes. each other. Uh the big standout to me is um goodbye normal jeans. Okay. Cause like initially I gave that a I rated that really high, but I ranked it as a butane. Um but I really like that episode. Um Dances with Dogs, it's gonna get a rewatch out of me. Cause <laughs> yeah. that one I did give a blue flame to, but then I kinda pulled it back because I was like I'm not sure if I'm just like excited or I love it. Um Pygmalion was another one. Like I absolutely loved Pygmalion. Right. But then at the same time, we have a couple turds, like fucking pool party buck, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's a butane. It's been a good season. Um, I think you're right. I was looking forward a little bit to what we have coming up. And there's a couple good ones still. But we got to season 13, so we have five seasons left. But I think you're right yeah. that from here on in, it's kind of going to be more of a downhill slide. I absolutely think so. Um, well, what do you say we get on to season eight, Mark? Um, let's do it, but. So let's talk about episode 150, Mark. Patch Boomhauer. Original air date, November 2nd, 2003. Written by J.B. Cook. This is our season eight opener. Um, J.B. Cook wrote four episodes of the TV show My Name is Earl. So, uh, we've seen him. He was in season seven with us, I want to say, just a few episodes ago. Yeah. And then our cast of characters this episode, Hank, Peggy, Bobby Hill, Luann Platter, Dale and Nancy Gribble, Boomhauer, Bill Dotrieve, Min and Connie, Supernus and Pone, John Redcorn, Craig T, and then our two guest stars, Mark, Catherine Hester and Patch Boomhauer. Do you know our guest star voices? Uh, Brad Pitt. And I was amazed to see the um, Catherine's voice actress. Who is it? It is Laura Dern. She's back again. We just saw her in Joust Like a Woman. Yes. Yeah. That's cool. Say, I, I love repeat guest stars. I think it's great. Like, well, especially... she's, a good, she's a good voice actress. Yes. Amazing. I would say that, she, like, yeah. Go ahead. No, no. I was just going to say, like, like, there's some uh, some people that are, like, they just don't lend themselves well to voice acting. They don't want to try and do anything different or... Um, they just use their voice. Um, case in point, I don't feel like Brad Pitt's a very good voice actor in this episode. He's just doing the the Mike Judge, uh, Boomhauer ramble very well. Yeah, he's just he's just voice. doing Mike Judge. They tell him, yeah. Um, but no, I think Laura Dern knocks it out of the park, dude. I would absolutely watch any animated series if she was the the lead. 
Uh, F is for family. She's the mom. She's amazing. <gasps> Shit. Oh my God. You're right. I, why yeah. did I forget that? I fucking love that show. Her and Bill I Burr. I do too. Yes. Yeah. It's an amazing show. Like, yeah. Again, again, you got to really kind of just suffer into being. We're all better for having watched that show, even though it's really fucking hard mm. to watch. But God, God damn. so hard to watch. But uh, you're a better person for it at the end of it. Like. <laughs> yes. Um, yes, you are. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Fucking Laura Dern. Uh, like, I'm, like I was saying, I love when especially A-list celebrities. Because she is, like, Dr. Ellie Sattler, man, come on, you can't get any better than that. But, like, yeah. No, she is. I mean, shit, dude, she's she's in a Star Wars. She's, like, I she's all sorts of shit, man. Like, she's amazing. We just, just blew flame to Laura Dern. We love, we're going to at Laura Dern when we drop this one, just so she can hear us love her so much. Like, Please, please do. Please do. You're fantastic. I love your body of work. Um, yes. So synopsis, Boomhauer's brother comes to town for a wedding and old Boom is not okay with it. <laughs> You're welcome. Our A story characters are Boomhauer, Patch Boomhauer, and Catherine. Um, I mean B story characters, everybody else, it's they're just like tangential to the A story. There's no B story here. Uh, yeah, just straight A throughout, I think. <laughs> yeah, let's let's get into some notes, buddy. First pro of my episode. Dang old boom out of you. Thank you. Uh, notes. It's the one musical cue that comes up again and again. I don't know if there's any others other than this one because I heard it so much. The Joker. By the Steve Miller Band. You buddy. Um, yeah. Um, <laughs> say Johnny. Um, well, we're recording a podcast. That calls for a beer. Oh, wait. We're already drinking. Never mind. I just, I laughed at that while they're standing in the alley while Patch is getting married. That calls for a beer. They're all, you're, yep. fuck you, you're already drinking. Um, I like that Bill gets a couple years credit for his marriage. Like, he'll still live a little <laughs> bit longer. Even though that is completely, like, reverse of any, like, really, the one that's going to live longest is Boomhauer. Like, we see him drinking, like, what I assume is red wine. He's eating, like, lean cuts of either chicken or pork. He eats very well. He takes care of himself. Um, yeah. He's not eating multiple cattle a year. He's not pant load bill, and he's not consisting on a diet of cigarettes and Mountain Dew like Dale. Boomhauer will live the longest. I just think that's funny. Um, I think it's funny that... Dale doesn't buy into the Nazis living on the moon theory. Okay. I just, uh, um, when he talks about like, that's like if the Russians got to the moon first, number one, he doesn't talk about like how the Russians were on the moon first, which would be a really good Dale conspiracy theory. Um, but number right. two, he doesn't mention Nazis on the moon, which would also be a really good Dale conspiracy theory. Uh, there is a moment in this, and I think it might be the first time in pop culture that I ever saw it happen. Patch and Boomhauer fist bump. Okay, I could see that. I don't remember the fist bump being a thing on pop, like on TV. That's until what I mean. Much later. That's yeah. what I mean. They, I don't remember fist bumping. I don't. High fiving was a thing for a long time there, and I want to say like, we got into fist bumping in like 2006 when Howie Mandel wouldn't shake people's hands on a Deal or No Deal. Right, because he's uh, isn't he a germaphobe? Yeah, yeah, real germaphobic, which, I mean, you know, props to him. No no hate or nothing, but, like, uh, that was, like, yeah. the first time I remember it because I remember, like, the new, or, like, Good Morning America or some shit talking about it just offhand, like, oh, the fist bump is a new thing. I'm like, what the fuck is a fist bump? But we saw it here. It's cool. 
Um, general note, why does Hank side with Patch? I don't get this conflict. Mm. I get it to a certain point. I understand to a point because I understand from, like, Hank's perspective, but, like, Hank should be way... Or maybe Hank is the best one to side with Patch because he'd be, like, automatically blind to, like, Buck's philandering. I don't know. But... Okay. I, I don't That's like how... concept. I don't like how hard... Uh, pan- wow, sorry. I don't like how hard Hank backs Patch in this. It's just... He ought to know better. I understand why, like, Boomhauer's, like... I get why he doesn't trust Boomhauer, but at the same time, I don't understand why he trusts Patch so much. You know what I mean? Okay. Yeah. No, I absolutely do. Because it that whole relationship is... It's, I think it's in my cons here for this episode. Okay, okay. Yeah. Um... Last week, we were talking about, like, music rights and stuff. Johnny, what's the name of the song that's in every single promo? Um, It is The Refreshments. I know the band. No, 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 not no. I mean the one, the one that we're talking about. It's I All I can think of is What's Up Pachuco, and that's not it. It's the, we just talked about it. Hot Action the Cop. Joker? Sorry. No, oh, no, no. Hot Action Cop. Thank you. Hot Action Cop. I'm sorry. Sorry, sorry, sorry. We just talked about um Hot Action Cop maybe being Mike Judge's favorite uh, musical sting. I think we have confirmation of Mike Judge's favorite restaurant in this episode. Oh, yeah? There is one. So in a TV show that is so good about making up fake places, J.R.R. Tokens, the video game or the video arcade, uh, Sugarfoot's yep. Barbecue, uh, That's Amore, all these places, Uglies, Rattlesnakes, um, the Texas Panhandler. Shellacs. Shellacs. There is one place that exists in King of the Hill and in reality and is referenced multiple times. Do you know what that is? It's got to be Whataburger, right? Bennigan's, baby. Oh, it's Bennigan's. Okay. We have referenced how much, or I've talked about how much I miss Bennigan's as a chain restaurant and shit. And like, it keeps getting brought up in King of the Hill, but it's only Bennigan's. They talk about Whataburger, but not as often. Like, they also change it because it'll be like, what, like W-U-T or W-H-A-T or yeah. like whatever the actual company is. It'll be that. But Bennigan's is called out all the time. And I think Mike Judge love ben- loves Bennigan's. I don't know. That is that is my new favorite fan theory right up there with Bill's dad was a child molester and uh, Boomhauer <laughs> is Rockadillo. Um, so if I, if I may just split for half a second here, um, Yo. fun fact for all of you guys out there that love Mike judge as much as we do. Um, Mark and I, before I left for, uh, Germany, we, wa- we sat down and watched office space together and they have a, a very iconic scenes in there talking with Jennifer Aniston about her flair and her pieces of flair and how you have to have so many pieces of flair in order to work because they're just goofy crap and it helps set the, the tone and the environment. Uh, the fun fact I want to tell you, because I'm very, very sure that it's based off of a Bennigan's. Here's our mm-hmm. connection. Um, after that movie came out and became such a hit, they they specifically took away their flair requirements because people were making fun <laughs> of their servers for it. So but it was, remember how stupid dining was in the them. 90s? That's great. I love yes. that. Like, <laughs> Yes. I, I'm just I'm very thankful that Mike Judge in in his ridicule of that practice resulted in a lot of people getting their dignity back. Yeah, I mean wear like whatever buttons you want to wear that because I like going to Red Robin and shit and they still do that, but it's well, not yeah, like a mandatory. They don't wear Twenty deal. of them. 
Yeah. <laughs> that's a, that's oh, great. Keep man. on Thank going, buddy. Sorry. No, Thank not at all. Thank you. For a second. No, always welcome to. Um, I don't understand why Bobby drinking Clamato is a big get at the bachelor party. Whatever. I don't really care. <laughs> Snappy Tom, you mean? Oh wait. Well, Snappy Tom or Col- Okay, so it's Snappy Tom or a Collins mixer. It's so it's Clamato yes. or like what? I don't even know what a Tom Collins is. Future I, Mark, I think learn how to make a Tom Collins. Um, I think it's something um, um, that's acidic. Like with I think it is, it. yeah. Yeah, but just so I don't understand why that's such a big get. Um, and then I laughed way too hard at Hank's line of, I'll give Patch the happy ending he deserves. <laughs> that's a good one. <laughs> how about you, buddy? You got some notes? Um, so th- I think this is our first Boomhauer-centric episode since his breakup episode. Dangle Love? Yeah, Dangle Love. And I don't know if we have too many more. I think they kind of realized early-ish that it it was hard to write for him. And then somebody had some sort of like kick-ass idea or two about him. And they stashed him away for a rainy day. And now that like once we get through all of our Boomhauer episodes, that's going to be it. Um, There's not a lot you can do with a character that's very hard to understand. I don't think, yeah. unless you're yeah. going to try and, and do it mostly like mute. Um, and he's also, he's pretty, he's a pretty like one dimensional character for the majority of this series. Boomhauer likes fast cars. He likes classic cars. Like cars is his thing. And he's a womanizer. That's mm-hmm. what you know about him. Uh, that and he, he just like hangs out with the guys and continuously eggs them on. Like it is okay to join them on whatever ridiculous thing they're in. Um, the, the only foreseeable Boomhauer episode that I can see really in the future where he's going to play an integral part in a A or B story is the Canadians episode where he goes yeah. to Canada and has his own little fucking adventure. Yeah. But yeah, I don't know. I, I just, I don't think we're going to see a lot more character development for Boomhauer from here on out. Um, I don't know if you noticed this, but I absolutely did. Uh, the animation is very, very, very sharp and clean at this point. Very pretty. I I made a note of it. Like Hank has a lot of weird facial animation. He's got more like wrinkles this week than I've seen him since like season one. Yes, and they're yeah. all very crisp. And I it's they've always used. Um, I think they've always used the traditional like cell painting technology, and mm-hmm. I think they switched animation houses for this season. So that's why it's very visibly different, and it will be for the rest of the series. Um, you already mentioned the Joker by the Steve Miller Band, and you already mm-hmm. mentioned that Snappy Tom is just fucking Clamato. It's not alcoholic, guys. <laughs> I used to have, I used to have one specific angry drunk when I worked at a liquor store for three years um, come in every single day. You get my Snappy Tom yet? Nope, we didn't get your Snappy Tom yet because, and he would mumble it so we could barely understand what the hell he was saying. For almost <laughs> a year, he came in every day and asked us for Snappy Tom. And we finally figured out that it's just Clamato. And then he, he was like, oh, that's the same shit. I'll just use this instead. Then we found Snappy Tom. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, oh, yeah. It's obnoxious. <laughs> Give me some pros, buddy. Some pros. Um, uh, Boomhauer's dinner. I, I really like the little shot of Boomhauer's life. He's just chilling in his hot tub. He gets up. He makes himself the dinner. He makes dinner. Like, Boomhauer makes himself yeah. dinner. I really I really appreciate the juxtaposition of Bachelor. Uh, Boomhauer versus Bill, 
Bill could yes. be living a good life, and yet he chooses to be a piece of shit, versus Boomhauer chooses to live a better life. He his bathroom is gorgeous. He has a hot tub, like the second hot tub on Rainy Street, you know, like probably the first hot tub on Rainy Street, I guess, but like all of it. But really the dinner scene was a big pro for me. Um, oh, yeah. Blunderbuss is at 20 paces. I think that'd be 60 <laughs> feet apart, and I'm pretty sure it would like render the Blunderbuss useless. And also, Con should know better. It'd probably be pistols at 20 paces, but yeah, whatever. I laughed way too hard at that. Settle this the only way you can. <laughs> Blunderbusses, 20 paces. Um, pro, there are three kinds of sausage and two kinds of pizza at that fucking bachelor party. Lucky guy patch. <laughs> Um, and finally, Bobby taking the plate of hot wings into his room when the strippers show up. Yes, because you know that he's going to take them and not not give them back. Yeah, you don't see the follow-up to it, but Hank is, like, panicking. He's like, Bobby, go to your room or whatever, and Bobby's holding the tray of wings, and he just walks away with the tray. That's a good use of Bobby right there. I I yes. I go back and forth with Bobby here because it's kind of obnoxious, but I like Bobby in that moment. Okay, I can see that. Yeah, how about you, buddy? Uh, so, I don't have a lot of pros for this episode. Um, I like Patch's power mullet. Uh, to me, okay. that's that's like, from here through the grace of God is what we didn't get in Boomhauer. Like, I have to imagine that was a uh, design, like a character design that was rejected for him at one point. And I'm Ooh. really glad that we got the Boomhauer that we did because I could not take him seriously if he had that stupid power mullet. Um, Interesting. I I'm like going to come right okay. out and say it. The mullet's fucking stupid. And if you continue in 2022, 2023 to give your kids a fucking mullet, then I have like my level of respect for you has immediately fallen. Um, And then I I think it's a pro to me that Bill knows, he knows ahead of time, way ahead of time. I am going to make an ass of myself and eat way too much and spill shit on me. What color Mm -hmm. do I need to match my fucking tux to? (laughs) And all of a sudden, I really want him coming in with a mustard yellow tux. Like he just won the fucking Masters. Or Dumb and Dumber (laughs) Blaze Orange to hide his Cheeto gunk. Oh, yeah. So he doesn't have to wipe it on the couch. Um... (laughs) Mark, give me your cons, because those are my only two pros. I I didn't have a lot of good shit to say about this episode. Wow. We, as in sync as we've been, this might be the least sync we've ever been. Con, Patch's hair. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking Jerry Kuro poodle bullshit. Uh, Con, pets and weddings. Oh, Ladybird's going to be the ring bearer. Oh, God. That's what I want is a geriatric pork chop fucking hobbling down the aisle all shaky legs so you can go piss in the corner. That's how I can't wait. Um, you don't need you don't need a ring bearer. That's really what it is. I have to be an efficient in a wedding in a month, and I'm going to be the one holding the rings. They're not having an extra person there. Also that, but also that, don't put your pets in weddings. It's stupid. Um, we don't need to bring our goddamn dogs everywhere is my point. Hank knows that marriage means nothing to Buck. Hank very clearly calls out, it means that marriage is important to me and to Dale and to Buck. No, no, it's not. You know, you just watched in The Good Buck how Buck is getting divorced. Buck means, marriage means absolutely nothing to Buck. Yeah. Um, Con, Bill's suit. We know that he has a brown suit from 12 Angry Men. Yeah. 
I don't get, and happy Thanksgiving. Like he's got a suit, but he, and I'm not talking shit about his like choice of, I want to spill shit on it. I'm talking about his, does this smell like embalming fluid to you? What the fuck is that? Yes, Bill's buying dead people's line. clothes. It's a, it's a useless line. That line kind of like, <laughs> that line just pissed me off a lot. It really made, like I got mad at that line in particular. Um, yeah, that's about it. I don't have a lot of cons either or a lot of pros. We don't have a lot to say about this one. You got a favorite moment? Well, let me give you my cons first. Fuck um, me. I'm sorry. Because I just gave I'm you sorry. my two pros. No, you're good. You're good. Uh, but it's it's similar. Um, I, I have a, a, a conversation point, though, that you and I can kind of chat at for a minute. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Bobby trying to be the... Bobby trying to be the ring bearer is infantilizing again. This is his I like chocolate milk moment. He's 13 yeah. goddamn years old. Yeah. It's not really that funny, and it's really not that cute that he is walking up to them with a burger on a pl- on a pillow. Like, yeah. get the fuck over it. I'm glad Hank just kills it right there. No, shut yeah. up. You're gonna be an usher. Um, I don't like. Th- I don't like when they're infantilizing him. Bobby is not a kid anymore. He is no. 13. He's made it a point. Yeah. Um. So I wanted to talk about Hank and Patch's relationship for a second here, and okay. specifically. Why Hank thinks it's his business to get into Boomhauer and Patch and and like basically get in the middle of this Catherine love triangle that they've got going on here because it's to me it seems very out of character and very like unwarranted. Mm-hmm. I don't understand why Hank immediately goes up to Boomhauer and just starts the conversation of I hope you know you're going to have to start thinking of her like this. I Without the context of, hey, has have we watched Boomhauer for the last 20 years like Hank sit here and complain? Does he get shithoused once a year or something on the on the anniversary that they, they split up and cry to Hank about how much he misses her and how bad he fucked up? This comes out of nowhere. So it's yeah, not no, Hank's Yeah, no, he's busy nailing the ice cream lady. It. Like, yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Like, yeah. So I'm like, what, one, what, Hank, why are you bringing this up to him? Because... Yes, you are his, arguably his best friend, but like we have never heard this before, so you don't need to sit here and rub it in. And then he just continues to to, to like take Patch's side on everything. Like, mm-hmm. uh, unless Hank has got some specific fucking problem with Catherine that we don't know about, that that's why he really doesn't want to see Boomhauer ever get back with her. Like, dude, let let them do their own thing. That will work itself out eventually. It's also so like I, a relationship from how long ago? Why would that be a thing? Right. Yeah, 20 like, years. That's how much yeah. they, they note it. That's, but that's what I mean. Like, <laughs> hey, Johnny, here's your girlfriend from middle school. How does that make you feel? Oh, you're not going to leave your wife for her? Okay, never mind. Like, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. and uh, it's just... I think they insert Hank in places that don't need to, he doesn't need to be inserted. You can show Boomhauer, like he is, you can communicate with him well enough that if he has a serious problem with this, that he will go and start some shit. You don't need Hank just sitting there like, like supplying him with extra feelings. He doesn't need to be coming up here and taunting and poking the bear saying, well, now you can't, now you really can't do it because she's going to marry your brother. Shut Mm -hmm. the fuck up. No one cares. Mm-hmm, like you mm-hmm. didn't need to say it. Sorry. I feel like I'm getting really mad at this. And, and it's just cause like it, it's hard to no, watch. Boomhauer is in the right. Most of this episode and he's trying to do the right thing. Most of this episode and until Hank finally pulls his head out of his ass at the very end. Yeah. 
he doesn't see it and it doesn't make Hank look like it any better. He doesn't feel like he learned his lesson. Yeah. Okay. So, okay. But to that end, um, I, I really like this episode for certain bits. I like okay. Boomhauer in it. I like Boomhauer and Catherine's interactions together. Um, I do. I do as well. I, I like a lot of this episode. I just don't like Hank's involvement in it because like, yes. it's like, it's what we're really beating to death here is like, why is this a thing? Like, why is Hank so invested in this fucking relationship? Like, that part I don't like, but the rest of it I like. I like the framing. I like the setup of him running into Catherine at the gas station. I like all of that so much. Um, yes. I like I like I like her scream of Boomhauer and yo, and he turns around. Yo, I like that a lot. Oh, also, we yeah. should probably give a shout out. I think this is where we get our show's name from, because fuck, Boomhauer says dang all about every three seconds. <laughs> Yes, he does. Yes, he does. No, you're you're hitting the nail exactly on the head way more succinctly than I was able to. I like most of this episode until you add Hank, because Hank is not fucking necessary. Everything else is very good. It's very formulaic, but it's very good. Maybe if Hank didn't dive into it so hard. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Maybe if Hank warmed up to the idea. Yeah, exactly. Maybe if he, like, eased into the idea that Boomhauer is trying to steal... Catherine from Patch. Like, maybe if that was it, that'd be cool, but yeah. Yeah. So, uh, let's get to favorite moments, man, because I feel like otherwise we're just going to sit here shitting on how the the show named King of the Hill and the guy named Hank Hill is making us mad. <laughs> no, it's, we're not shitting. We're just getting irritated with it, because season eight, episode one, we're rehashing Bobby being a five-year-old, um, Hank being an asshole and not listening to those around him, and yeah, so it's, no, not at all. Uh, favorite moments, when Hank is yelling, or when, sorry, when Boomhauer is yelling at Hank in the yard, talking about, look, you're the one whose kid is carrying a burger around on a pillow. And <laughs> yeah. So, okay, so like that whole bit, Bobby walks up to Patch and Catherine, do you take this burger to be your dinner? And then in a back shot, <laughs> while Boomhauer is taking the piss out of Hank, Bobby has taken a bite out of the burger and is just standing there talking to them. And I really liked that bit. But then Boomhauer saying, your boy's carrying around a dang old little burger on a pillow. That was great. And then um, when... The scene where Hank confronts Boomhauer at his house and he, you know, do you love Catherine Soul, whatever? Yeah. You know, are you trying to expose Patch? Yeah. Do, or did you hire the strippers? Well, no. I like that. And then Hank goes, oh. And then Hank realizes he is being an asshole. And then Boomhauer has yeah. the line of, Dangle, don't hurt yourself falling off that high horse. I, That's what I like <laughs> yeah. about it. I like the whole I scene. The whole scene line. is good, but that line is the best line. Um. How about you? And then I have a follow-up, but it's not my favorite moment. It's just, Hank loves hookers. Cause <laughs> we Hank, already named both of them then. But but we know. We, we've already established. I've already beat to death that Hank loves his hookers. Uh, you know, we already named both my favorite moments here. Blunderbuss is at 20 paces, and Hank, dang Hank loves hookers. Um, Tammy <laughs> and uh, uh, Alabaster would definitely concur. Hank loves his hookers, especially them them Jasper brunettes. <laughs> um mark let's get this guy rated so we can get the heck out of here what do you say oh, let's do it um you go first because i feel weird about mine i gave it a butane man it's it's a standard plot 
Um, okay. If you take Hank out of it, which makes me mad, it's a standard plot. It's not a very memorable season opener. Um, I, I feel like they could have explored or done something different with Boomhauer um, to, to, to just like say, hey, we've had seven full seasons with this character and we still don't know a lot about him. Okay. Why are we holding back on him? I really thought we were going to get the job reveal in this episode when I watched it the first time and not wait until another six seasons to finally figure out what the hell he does, what the hell he does. Um, do you but, care uh, that we don't know what Boomhauer does? Like, does that affect you at no. all? Cause I kind of, I, for a while there, I kind of operated under the assumption that he just didn't work because he talks about getting a disability check or whatever. Yeah. Like in but the first like, couple seasons. And from then I was just satisfied. Like, I feel like being an exterminator is intrinsic to Dale's character. Propane and propane accessories yeah. very clearly intrinsic to Hank. Uh, Bill is defined by being an army barber, but like we don't need to know what Boomhauer does. We know that Boomhauer is a bachelor with a lot of hobbies. Like we know that he likes race cars. Mm-hmm. It's like what you boiled it down already to. But so I don't necessarily know if I need Boomhauer to have a job. But no, he's he's the guy in the neighborhood that's always around if you need him around because he's always working on his car or doing something in his garage. Like just yeah. is. But yeah. I don't know, like I and this is this is going to be going to be me like wanting more out of our writers, but realistically, I don't have a better plot than this to explore Boomhauer. But I'm not the writer for King of the Hill, and I feel like you guys got lazy with it. Because this is a plot I could see with just about anything, and you didn't tell me anything new about Boomhauer other than he's got a shitty brother. Who we never hear from again kind of bugs me. Yep. Yep. Didn't even know that Boomhauer had a brother. In eight seasons of Flashback, we don't ever see, like, Patch in the stands. We don't ever see Patch being, like, nope. the the safety, you know, nope. at the game. Like, Patch wasn't there, like, we holding know. Hank's broken ankle up. The night. You know what I mean? Like, there's so, there's many, there's so much flashback. Him in. It's, you know what I hate but. to beat Tenacious D and Jack Black to death here, but it's like that episode of Community when Jack Black is in the study group and they Photoshop him, or they, you know, retro, what do you, they retcon him into it, like, and they just put yeah, him into the, into the you know, whole, like previous season. Yeah. You know what? You couldn't even, we, we couldn't even do that or something. I don't know. But like, man, I, <laughs> that bugs me a lot. And now in talking to you, oh, yeah. I'm giving it a butane. I was going to give it a char king. Cause I really do like this episode. I like the miscommunication. I don't care for Hank, but I don't care. Cause I like the okay. idea of how do you tell a person that you still care about? Not even love, not even that you're, it, it, you know, if someone came to me today and goes, I'm in love with your, with your brother, I would be like, you should know a couple things about him. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> Yeah, no, absolutely. I understand that very real thing. Just the same way that he would say, you need to know some things about my brother. Like, it's a very real relationship or a very real scenario. It just yeah, kind of gets a little wonky for me. But, yeah, it's a butane. So, hey, starting two-tane. off season eight with a two-tane. Hey, there you go. Oh, we're gonna have a lot of these. I feel like I just—it's okay. Butane's you know. still watchable, man. It is. It is. No, and I'm not mad about it. I just, boy, we're—I don't. You know, I'm just gonna hold off. I don't know. Cause remember how shitty I was about like bad girls, bad girls, and like coming off yeah. of returning Japanese and being all grumpy the first like quarter of season seven. Well, I'm trying to be a softer, gentler Mark now. Like. Guys, we're going to track this and see how long it takes him to explode. I, oh, I bet you have two more episodes. <laughs> <laughs> Mark, let's get on out of here, all right? Let's do her, buddy. Uh, before we do that, 
Do you still like King of the Hill? Eight seasons deep. Hey, I love King of the Hill. How about you, man? Yeah, man. I, I, I dang old love King of the Hill, man. Dang old talking about dang old. I was there for me, man. Dang old love hookers. I heck loves hookers. Oh. <laughs> you want to tell them good people where they can find us? Absolutely. Um, all the good people of internet and podcast land can find us on Instagram, Twitter, or on uh, on our Facebook page. We're Dang Old Podcast. You can also email us at dangoldpodcast at gmail.com. If you want to, re- want to reach out to me personally, I am on Instagram as krautballstream. That's kraut as in sauerkraut and ball as in Swedish meatballs. Mark, where can they find you? You can find me at Marky Stardust on Twitter or on our sister podcast, The Two Wizards Podcast, where me and my buddy Josh just talk about a variety of weird shit. Um, thank you for listening, guys. We really appreciate every one of you. Uh, we already said it before, but we'll say it again because now it's February. Happy New Year still. Hope 2023 is still going good because we're recording this in December of 2022 and so far so good, but I hope the future is bright for you all. Uh, yeah. I don't know. I'm bad at endings anymore. <laughs> Thanks. Eight seasons and I can't fucking wrap up an episode. (laughs) Thank you for listening, guys. We love you. We'll see you next week.